have Nick Silver from Silver Hockey School. How you doing? Doing well. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm all right, all right. Now, we have an interesting story in how we met, because we've never actually met in person, right? No, just like, yeah, first time talking, uh, not over, <laughs> not over uh, Instagram, I guess. Yep, yep. And that's one of the great things about, uh, I would say, social media and connecting and things like that, is that this is the first time we're actually talking face-to-face. But we've, we've been connected, we're probably around this, you know, six weeks now through... Seriously, I mean, pr- pretty close to the whole the start of the whole, you know, quarantine and everything is when we, we connected and, you know, obviously saw what you know we were doing on on instagram yep yeah so it's been yeah about six weeks i'd say yeah yeah and that's one of the reasons why i'm I'm loving having you on right now is because through this whole covid19 situation and quarantines and safer at homes uh one of the great things about it is is that we've had the ability to and we've had to learn as coaches how to you know teach kids differently right now and what drew me to you and your drills was like I was watching my Instagram I'm like wow this guy's doing a fantastic job he's got daily stick handling drills and stuff like that so I reached out and said hey would you mind like if I could start using some of your drills on our site because um, you were doing the same thing you like you weren't looking for money or anything like that you were just like hey it's out there for you guys use it right and and I personally really appreciated that because I I'm one of those people that really believe in just you know, giving out the free content, let the, you know, let the kids use it. You know, this is a rough time, but you know what? Let's get better at hockey. So exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, I think if a lot of people are going to start to realize that how much they can actually train at home on their own anyway. I mean, yep. you think about, you think about Sidney Crosby and his, you know, the dryer in his basement, you know, all beat up by hockey pucks. You know, he, he, he got so good by putting the time in not only at the rink, but at home also. So now if there's a bunch more material for kids to understand what to do when they're at mm-hmm. home and it can train for free, I think it's uh, uh, super important. It's something I did a ton of, a ton of as a kid, you know, it's just, it's fun. Hockey's fun, right? So why not play it at home? Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I, I find funny now too, is that we get to, we get to like as a coach. I watch Instagram like crazy, and I I go to right. your site. I've gone, you know, I've gone deeper and like way back into your Instagram, right? Where I think I've seen some videos. It looks like you were at public skating's doing some like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's where uh, you know when when the world is uh, back to normal. I you know first and foremost, I've been a, a you know a power skating coach, yep. edge work coach, um, and yeah, I do it. You know, a ton of you know private lessons, semi private yep. lessons, and camps, and uh, in California. The way it works, at least in our local rink uh, in Aliso Viejo, we get to sort of cone up at public session. It's a, yes. a balance with the figure skaters and the and the public skaters, but yep. uh, we get to do some pretty cool stuff out there. And you know, I, I'd say skating is is really my passion uh, yep. as a coach. Um, there's there's just nothing like it. Going full speed, slamming on the brakes, changing directions. You know, you, you can't recreate that in shoes uh, yep. and doing anything else. So yeah, skating is yep. definitely my my number one passion. Uh, I can't wait to get back on the ice, obviously, but you yep. know, make, make and do in the meantime. Yep. So you brought up uh, where you're from. Can you give everyone, because um, most of our listeners and people who watch are usually from the Midwest, um, where are you actually located in California? Yeah, so I'm Southern California, Orange County, so uh, about an hour south of L.A., hour north of San Diego, um, okay. you know, f- 15 minutes from the beach. <laughs> um, you know, so it's... Uh, you know, in the summertime, it's definitely like, oh, it's a pretty nice day to be at the ice rink, you know. Yes. Do I really want to be in here? But, you know, it's uh, nothing like that free air conditioning, though. I'll tell you what. It gets, it gets <laughs> hot. It gets hot yeah. out here. And, um, you know, from being from the Midwest, you know, we think that, like, hockey is, like, you know, we think hockey is, like, booming around here. But um, lately, California hockey, we've been hearing about it. Your numbers in California are just exploding. Um, oh, yeah. 
Like, yeah, they're they're skyrocketing. They can't build rinks fast enough. Yep. Um, you know, the Ducks just built a new four sheet facility in Irvine, uh, mm-hmm. 250,000 square feet. Unbe- unbelievable, beautiful, yep. beautiful stadium. Um, but it's full already. It was full the day they built it. Um, so it, it's the sport is blowing up out here. Like I said, we we can't we can't seem to create the rinks to match the demand. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have, I guess. You know, but we just it's exciting to see the game grow. It's it's come a long way since Gretzky got traded to the Kings <laughs> out here. I'll tell you that much. So and you've been from California. You you're born and raised there. Like how? Yeah, is, like, yeah, born and okay. born and raised, born and raised. I've uh I've hopped around in a ten mile radius for for thirty something years. So okay, um, yeah, definitely. So. Yep. So how did you get involved? My dad, my dad's from, my dad's from back East, um, from Vermont. But that being said, he never played hockey, uh, growing up. Um, and my mom's a Laguna beach girl. So I, I honestly think it was from watching the mighty ducks movie as a kid, you know, as, uh, as silly as that sounds, that's, that's a real thing. You know, it was sort of my first experience. And then, you know, we had the, the ducks out here and, um, you know, so it just sort of started with that. And you know how it is. Once you, once you get on the ice the first time you're, you're hooked. Yep, yep. And what what is the draw? Because hockey's exploding out in California, um, right? You know, and like it's it's big in Wisconsin, it's big in Illinois, it's big, in, it's obviously massive in Minnesota. But what is the draw for people to play hockey in California, especially since it's not a generational sport? You know, no, right? I mean, I think it's you know it's it's a game for the for the modern world yep. and for the future world with with the you know how fast paced it is. Yep. There's no sitting around sitting around waiting you, you know it's, it's going the whole time so i think in a in the day and age of sort of shortened attention spans um you know for, yeah. for kids and, and adults alike I, I think it's the perfect sport yep um you know because it is it's just fast paced it's exciting it's you know it's more fun than watching some of the other youth sports at least in my opinion anyway so i think from a parental perspective you get a little more satisfaction out of yep. out of watching you you see your kid working as opposed mm-hmm. to standing around um, you know, and it's, there is something to be said for going into the ice rink on a very hot day out here. There is, there's nothing like that. Um, yeah. you walk in, you get that blast of cold air and that's, you know, that's, that's nice. You know, you're, you're wearing your sandals, your shorts and your tank top going to the ice rink is, a it, it's nice. So I was gonna say, we only get that, like, you know, maybe June, July, August where you're like, you're going to the rink in your flip flops and sandals and things like that. I'm more used to going to the rink, uh, around, you know, it's like maybe five to 10 degrees outside. Exactly. And then it's like, so, you know, we, we, and we, we do travel, you know, depending on our, our yep. tournaments and things like that. So, you know, like last, uh, we were at the Chi town shuffle a lot, you know, last okay. April, April yep. out there, um, you know, we're Colorado for, for president's day. So, you know, we get to deal with some of the elements a little bit, but uh, yeah. no, for, for the most part, I mean, it could be 85 degrees in November. So um, it's, it's definitely different out here. That's for sure. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, it's like one of those things you always like, I always see the ads for some of the uh, tournaments out, like the SoCal freeze out. I think it is with the brick yeah. series. And you're always like, man, that would be amazing to go out there and just go from the game, go to the beach, then back. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And you, you see a lot of teams that come out here um, and, and they do make a full blown trip out of it. You know, yep. you're, you're going to Disneyland, right? You're you're doing all those those different things, the beach, what, whatever it is. Yep. But, you know, and, and that's the I'd say that's the one of the big appeals of, of travel hockey is is being able to go somewhere and experience something new, even if, you know, it just need an excuse to go on a mini yep. vacation, you know, and, <laughs> Um, I, I think sometimes the parents enjoy the tournaments just just as much as anybody. Right. So um, I- I, I think, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of cool draws for people to travel to California. Yep. So 
Now, um, you, you talked about going to, uh, you know, the Colorado, and you've been to the Chi-Town Shuffle. What organizations are you connected with when you go to these tournaments, and then your winter season as well? Yeah, so so I coach for um, the club California Gold Rush, yep. um, which is where we'll be entering our third or our, four, our fourth season coming up. So we're, okay. we're relatively new. Um, and, you know, been pretty successful, small club. I think we only have, we have 12 or 13 teams. It grows every year, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, ice time, we only have so much ice time. So yep. it puts, puts a cap on it. Um, so I'm affiliated with them as well as the uh, Capistrano Coyotes, which is a, um, a high school program. So high school hockey is really starting to blow up out here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's a little different than, you know, in Minnesota and other places mm-hmm. like that. It's not CIF. It's not sanctioned by, you know, by the school districts okay. so it's uh it's technically a, a club sport um unless you're at a, a you know one of the private schools and then that's you know then that's an official official yeah. sport so um so my program is actually a district program so it's our whole school district we have seven high schools we draw from um and we pull those kids in and we make we have we'll have three teams uh whenever the season starts so, you know a varsity one um varsity three which is middle and then a jv team so and we, we were slated to go to nationals in um in texas this year with our top club um top team but obviously everything got got canceled so that was that was a bummer um we we're all we we're all really looking forward to that it was a, a big bummer for the seniors of course but um so yeah so high school hockey started to come pretty grow up or blow up out here the ducks actually started the adhshl anaheim ducks high school hockey league uh, i think around 10 years ago now okay. um, and it's grown from a handful of teams to something like over over 50 teams and it's growing every every year um you know so working on increasing the top end talent as well as you know being inclusive of all of all playing types because obviously mm-hmm. you know everybody plays the game we want people to play the game we don't matter it doesn't matter your skill level we want people <laughs> to be involved right there's there's a there's a team for everybody right mm-hmm. and, that, and that's what you want because for a long time, as hockey players in Southern California, once you got to high school, there was no options. You, you played your club team, okay. you sort of would, you know, but there was no options at school. You know, we, we do have roller some roller hockey teams, but I think we can all agree that it's not not quite the same. It's not quite the same, mm-hmm. you know. So it's uh yeah, the landscape's changing again as the game grows. Um, but but so anyway, within those you know within those clubs within the the Gold Rush and the coyotes you know we we definitely travel um and you know and, and i've linked up with some other clubs along the way so it's uh it's, it's been pretty fun and what about the gold you, you brought up the gold rush because um yeah. are they considered a like is it in in um the midwest we have like triple a and then you know um yeah you know, what, what, so, what kind of what is that so we we have double a a b double b um but we will we have we have one pretty special group of uh, 2009 birth years that um, uh, they're they're top top rank in the country. So they've been okay. sort of going doing some just a lot of traveling, sort of a custom schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm playing Honey Bank, playing little skeezers, yep. you know, playing everybody. Uh, um, you know, going to the, going to New Jersey, doing the Super Series and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. there, I mean, that, that's a that is a special special team that uh actually next year will be playing under the junior ducks um logo okay. because the gold rush aren't allowed to have triple a all right it's, just, it's it's i mean you know how there's a big yes. process to, to being approved so since they're not they're they're just changing their jerseys and uh so it'll be pretty cool it's a special group it's it's fun to watch them uh mm-hmm. it's fun to watch them practice uh but to watch <laughs> them play is, is pretty fun as well 
Who are the AAA teams, though, in California then? So, yeah, so we got, you know, the Junior Ducks, the Junior Kings, the Junior Sharks, and then uh, some some other clubs uh, have them as well. The Ice Dogs have have some AAA. Um, okay. So there's there's not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's honestly one of the one of the flaws with with Southern California hockey or with California hockey in general is there's not enough AAA teams, so it's it's so competitive to make them. And then there's plenty of good players that that I think could be playing that level that that now aren't. Um, and so, oh well, uh, hold on one second. I think we had some technical difficulties. I think he'll be logging right back on. So just give us one second here so um yeah if you're still joining us uh um we've been having our uh internet connections getting a little bit um oh here he comes hey there uh give me one second there you are we're back now there you go. Um, Te- technical difficulties Who knew? you know that's, that's what happens when you're cross country having a, like a meeting here so oh, seriously uh, yeah, no worries. So you were saying uh, it was one of the issues with the AAA program is that there's just not a lot of the teams. Yeah, I, I think there. I personally just think there there should be a little bit more, okay. um, and maybe it would make it a little less political on yep. who, who gets there. We all know there's politics involved yep. in, all, in all youth sports, you know. So I, I just know there's plenty of talented players that don't don't get the looks they deserve um, mm-hmm. because you know teams are a lot of times spoken for. Um, but you know, before the trial process starts. So it's, uh, I think if we added a couple, it would honestly, you know, it would strengthen it. It would yep. make the schedule, it would make it easier too. It's so hard to play. I mean, if you got to be going to San Jose, it's, you know, it's an eight hour drive or you got to be flying up there, um, you know, all the time. It's, it's really demanding. It's, it's really challenging on the kids. Um, I don't know how you're supposed to be traveling that much and, and maintaining school. So I, I think if we had a few more, um that it, it could really help things and just you know help develop help develop everybody because you never know what kid what kids a 12 year old is going to turn into the the stud 16 year old but he isn't given the chance when he's 12 right yep and you, you brought up earlier about ice time and stuff like that for your guys's youth teams how often do you guys get on the ice for practice and and when you do practice are you guys share on the ice and if you're yeah. sharing, how many times do you share how many teams do you yeah, share so with? good question <laughs> so uh at our club i'd say most clubs it's two touches a week Okay. Um, for your A B teams, mm-hmm. um, our, our club has been doing three touches, mm-hmm. um, and mo- most of the time shared shared sheets shared with one other team. Um, but that being said, the the double A teams and some of the older A teams will then get a a separate full ice slot. Okay. Um, you know, but definitely not our B teams aren't getting the, the full ice slot. But it's so it's again there's this there's a demand and a supply and demand issue, honestly. Yep. So. Um, you know, but uh, two, three touches a week for most teams is, is pretty, pretty standard. And then, uh, you know, obviously then there's a lot of, a lot of private lessons and, and, you know, skills training, uh, outside of practice. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big deal out here is skills training. Um, you know, I think obviously where I'm from is a pretty affluent area. Um, and you know, people want their kids to excel. So they, they find the time to, to get into the rink and do the extra stuff. That's the one thing you can't learn to ice skate at home in your tennis shoes. I mean, the rollerblading is, you know, it helps, but it's still, it's not the same. You can't transition the same way, you know? So it's, uh, you know, it's all about ice time and you've got to get creative in how you find it out here. That is one thing I will say I love about being from Wisconsin is that where we're from, um, you know, we had one last winter. We had a rink in our backyard. 
And it, right. it wasn't it wasn't anything special. It was you know like thirty feet wide by forty feet long, and it 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 wasn't anything where you could you know get going at top speed. But for my six year old and my five year old daughters who were out there skating, it was it was, it was perfect sheet for them. You know they got to go out there whenever they want and, and have right. some fun with it. And um and I think that's a it is a positive that we all get, and it's 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 you you kind of take that for granted sometimes of the things you you where you where you live and things like that, but. One of the things that I also want to touch on because um, I've met I've, I've met quite a few people from California and, and like the West Coast, like in Washington and Oregon and things like that. And one of the things that I always found fascinating, which was awesome to hear, is that every time there is a new kind of development as far as a new swing to like a certain sort of emphasis on something. Like right now with coaching, there seems to be a really huge emphasis on developing individual skills as opposed to, um, you know, working on the team game. Where, Right. You know, that shift happened probably like started happening five, six, seven years ago. And now you're seeing it full swing right now where, you know, you're, you're, you're like you're dedicating, you know, 95 percent of your time to, to individual skills where, you know, in the past it wasn't like that. But one of the things I found fa awesome is that a lot of the people from the West Coast were like any new idea that happened, like we're in. We got it. Like and, yeah. we're, you know, in Wisconsin, you bring a new idea about something. It's like, well, that's not the way we did it. You know, because like, when I played. Um, right. You know, we had this. So, like, can you guys elaborate? What do you guys do for your uh, individual skill development, like your practice structures and things like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously, when the whole ADM came out, yeah. um, and there was definitely a little pushback on that. I'd say, especially with switching uh, mites from full ice to, to, to half ice, which yep. I think, you know, a few years later, we've all realized was the biggest no-brainer ever. I don't. I can't. Yeah. Now, I, I can't believe I used to coach full ice mic games. It just see, it seems ridiculous. It's, it seems insane. Um, you know, but so, so we've really, you know, at least at our club, we really focus on pace of practice. Yeah. Um, you know, rest to work ratios of building it through the season. So the beginning of the year, you know, it's a five to one rest to work ratio, and by the end, it's it's three to one. Um, you know, so you're you know you're building up that stamina and that energy. But again, keep keeping the pace with a focus on skating first. I, I think we all know the game is transitioning more and more to a speed game, a skill game, a skating game. So getting kids moving up and down the ice uh, at full speed, you know, w with pucks, um, it, it, it's something we have an emphasis on. It you know it doesn't matter how smart you are if you can't go full speed with the puck, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to accomplish anything, yeah. right? So um, you know I, I think we've definitely seen a transition away from you know, focusing on, focusing on D zone coverage and, you know, doing the, the half ice breakout regroup three on two drill. Right. So I, I think we've, we've gotten away from that into, uh, you know, into some more, uh, you know, up and down the ice. We're still finding ways to work systems in, but, you know, we, we like to, we like to use the word concepts, right. We're, we're teaching concepts in these drills as yep. opposed to, as opposed to SIPs systems, you know, we want structure, but obviously we want to allow creativity within the structure um because again the game's going to be different in 20 years i mean you see some of the things you know Svechnikov's doing with his you know tucking it the the michigan whatever you want to call it now so who knows what they're going to be doing in 20 years so who am i to tell some kid not to not to try something right um you know maybe a little different when we're in the playoffs but in practice let's get you know let's get creative let's challenge our skill set but most importantly let's push the pace let's get the speed going and mm -hmm. you know don't be don't be afraid to make mistakes when you're going full speed yeah and i think that's i think it's a great point you brought up is that like giving the kids the freedom to do these things right and do them in practices and and that's one of the things i found what successful coaches do they that one they have the ability to learn like you said but what i don't know what they're doing in 20 years from now but you're that's why we sell coaches you want to be a student of the game understand right. where you're at and where you're where we possibly go but don't be afraid of change but then i love you brought up like 
just also be open to kids trying new things. And, you know, like one of the things I always find funny is when coaches are like, don't do that. Like, you know, I, I told you to get over the red line, dump the right. puck. Exactly. And I'm always like, what are you teaching a kid every time he gets over the red line, he's dumping the puck? Like, you know, like. Exactly. Um, no, it's a puck possession game. Nobody yeah. plays hockey to not have the puck, right? I mean, yeah. If I'm going to play, I want the puck. I'm not saying I'm not going to pass it to my teammates, but I, I want the puck. You know, that's, that's why we play is to have the puck, right? So, you know, I mean, even even goalies want the puck, right? They want they want to get shots. They don't want to sit there and do nothing. So everybody wants the puck. So, you know, it, uh, we, we talk about, you know, don't disregard the puck. I've got the puck. Don't just dump it down. Get rid of it for no reason. You know, and obviously different stories, situational awareness. You're up by one with a minute left. You better be dumping that puck in the corner. But we're not, we're not playing – the game anymore we're playing against the clock right so there you know it's teaching kids this the situation not not, don't you know be be able to dump the puck in when it's appropriate but but let's make plays let's come over the blue line looking to attack right looking to get into our you know our center lane drive and find our options so you know it's funny because that's the other thing too is like uh with my my daughter's u8 team we we, we've had the the conversation where our some of our coaches like no spread out spread out but over then over the years we're like you know you see that pack of like bees that go right and I know some coaches really like discourage that, but lately in our in our association, we've been like, no, no, let them go get it because, like you said, what's the most fun thing about hockey? It's like having the puck. Having the puck. I mean, <laughs> right? exactly, exactly. So then, That's why right. would we ever tell a kid, hey, don't go get what's fun, right? Right. Exactly. And then, exactly. I mean, and then it's at the U eight level. You're like, who cares if they win games or not? But then, when the kid gets the puck and there's five kids yeah it doesn't look great but at the same time that kid is learning how to maneuver and weave it in and out of that with the puck and things like that and um you hit the nail on the head when you said it is a puck possession game like right it and it's it's the thing where if you have the puck the other team doesn't and they're not scoring right so no a hundred exactly a hundred percent a hundred percent you know and uh that's no you you nailed it there There, when you have when you have that puck you're in control right You, you might as well be in control right and that's you know, I like to use a lot of, of other sports metaphors when, yeah. when I when I'm coaching. You know, so football is what are, you know what are the, football and baseball are the only some of the few sports that aren't transition games, right? It's you're yeah. on offense or you're on defense, right? So in hockey, just get the puck and you're on offense, right? That's it. <laughs> and then you now you know, so you don't have to worry about giving up any goals. So yeah. Um. So uh, in we we've, we've talked about development and things like that, but um, from when you were growing up as a kid to where you're at now, especially as a as an instructor and and a uh, I'll say a very good individual skills developer, what are some of the things that you've seen that have changed from when you were a kid to right now? You know, I think I've seen definitely people devote a lot more time to yep. to training to yep. lessons. Um, you know, I think almost at times maybe to a fault where they're actually passing up on playing other sports, which. Yep you know, I think is so huge. And and in California, we're blessed with such, you know, not to talk about the weather again, but, (laughs) but we can play all sports year round, right? You know, so it's, sports don't have to be seasonal here. You you can do anything year round. And, you know, and it is important for people to stay on the ice in the off season, because, you know, you got to keep your skating sharp. But uh, I think people have gotten away from playing multiple sports. And at the same time, I think the data has shown that the people who play multiple sports, are the ones that excel the most, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's one sort of funny thing where, you know, people see, Oh, that kid's doing, you know, 10 lessons and look how good he is, you know, but, and, and that's true. He's getting better really quick, but we all develop at our own, at our own rate. Um, and we have, we can't forget to develop that athleticism at the same mm-hmm. time. 
But, you know, that being said, people are doing a much better job of building the necessary skills, yep. you know, getting the foundation, the foundation of skating, you know, yep. un understanding your edges, understanding weight transfer and, and how to get low. Right. Uh, you know, efficiency, you know, just maximizing your skating um, is something we've really seen. I remember doing lessons, you know, even even 10 years ago when I was, you know, whatever, only 20 or however old I was, I can't do math, but, uh, and, and to see the amount of kids doing lessons now is, is a total game changer, you know, and a, a lot of that's, you know, due to the growth of the game and the popularity, but, um, I, you know, people see the, the, the success that people can get, the improvement, the rapid improvement they can make, and they all want to do that. So it's, you know, it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses in, in some way, right? Yeah. You know, hey, I, I don't want to get left behind. So there's definitely been a huge push towards, um, you know, individual skill training, which has been has been great for skill sets. But I just hope people remember that uh, they have to be well-rounded athletes as well. So that's uh, yeah, that's, that's my whole thing. Yeah, and that's where it, it is important. And that's what I always tell kids. Like, And that's why, I, you know, in a lot of associations and things like that, you see um, you see teams that are going to a more of a, let's, let's, you know, let's build the base, right? And one of the things that I've always enjoyed is that, like, just because, you know, you, you've had, you know, you're the best eight-year-old doesn't mean you're going to be the best 18-year-old. <laughs> and right. a lot of the best eight-year-olds are the best eight-year-olds, one, because they might have started when they were, like, two or three. Yep. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of individual, you know, training as far as maybe like camps or things like that, or they're just a bit more physically mature. Right. Right. And exactly. those who are your, you know, those who that's how generally you become the best eight year old. But those kids don't mean you're going to be a bad, good, you know, 18 year old, which is what you need. And, no, correct. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it doesn't mean they're not going to be. They certainly yeah, can either, be, yeah. but, but you do see a lot. You know, I've seen a ton of kids that are phenomenal eight-year-olds, but it's come so easily to them yep. that when it starts to get a little harder, because people catch up, right? It's, yes. it's you know, people catch up quickly. It, you know, if, it's like if you've got, you know, if, I'm a big metaphor guy. If you've got a 95% in a class, it's really hard to raise your grade. But if you've got a 75%, it's much easier to raise it. So it, it is way easier for people to catch you than to, to stay ahead and to pull away. Yep. Um, and I think kids who are really good at a young age, and have to transition into dealing with, okay, everyone's catching up. I don't stand out quite as much. I, I think that's tough for them um, and can have negative, you know, negative consequences to, to certain kids. You know, now, yeah. does that mean you shouldn't go try to be the best eight-year-old that you can be? Well, of course you should try to do your yeah. best. But, you know, don't put all your eggs in that basket when you're eight years old. It's uh, yeah. a lot, you know, do you hit your growth spurt? Do you not? Who knows? Yeah. It's, uh, there's so many variables. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> um now I want to talk about more about teams and character and stuff like that. Do you, when you were growing up playing hockey or, or just maybe not even playing hockey, coaching a hockey team, uh, can you give me an example of a team that was successful and then probably why they were successful? Yeah. So, I mean, one of my favorite groups of all time was uh, one of my 14 B teams from, okay. uh, it was like two, 2010 year, yep. years ago. And it's just a group of misfits, um, you know, kids that, didn't really get a shot. Some straight out of in-house, you know, some got cut from the A team they wanted to make. Um, and, you know, they, they all came together and just became like a little, you know, such a good family. Mm -hmm. um, and even though they weren't, you know, didn't have the highest skill set in the world, they all came together and put in the work. And then w through that passion they all built, then all of a sudden they, they developed into some pretty, some pretty decent players, you know, and now, now a lot of them are playing in like the ACHA, which is our San Diego yep. state, you know, the club programs out here. So now, you know, they, they were able to further their, further their careers. So for me, 
that was one of the teams that just had the best team team bonding, you know, whether it was going, yep. you know, going to the bonfire at the beach or, or whatever it was, they found a way to, to get along. And it was a group that we didn't know each other at all at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, seeing them come together and it ends up, you know, ended up being a really special season for that group. And, and, you know, now we all stay in touch to this day, you know, they get together and do some spring tournaments, um, you know, even though they're all spread out across the country now. So yep. Uh, for me, that was that was a really special group, and and again, you know, was, was it the highest level team I've coached? No, but it, that's not what it's about, right? You know, there's there's a there's a level for everybody, and it's about you know spreading the spreading the joy of the game, right, and, and continuing to grow the game. And you know, now when their kids are going to play the game, and you know, the cycle continues, right? So it's uh, you know, there's yeah, there's been some fun groups, but for me, that was one of my one of my all time favorites. So I think that's something too. Parents and you know, um, people who view the game sometimes from people like and did you have a kid on that team oh uh, no no so yeah, geez, like, yeah that, that, was, that, that was a long time ago yeah I was gonna say, like, and that's one of the things too is like a lot of the teams i've coached I, my kids haven't been on the team and one of the things that makes it so fun is is the, is the camaraderie of the team the way they get along and things like that I, i've said it and i'll say it a million times i will coach a team who's a you know a b or a c level team that the parents get along the kids are all respectful they work hard more than I would take a team that was the best in the, you know, best in the state. Right. Oh, right. Totally. totally. Yeah. And, and, and there, there are definitely different experiences. And yep. again, there's no right or wrong answers, but at, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're only on this earth for a short time. We might as well enjoy ourselves with yeah. uh, what we're doing. Hockey's supposed to be fun. Right. I mean, that's something I just keep coming back to is hockey is fun. So let's, let's find the groups that enjoy being together yep. and keep and keep them together and, uh, yep. you know, and, and enjoy the ride while you can. Yeah. And I'm sure you're like me when we're running our hockey camps, one of the greatest joys that I get is is seeing a kid who might have struggled in the beginning, but he's had that attitude, right? And right. A phenomenal kid. Like, he comes there every day. He works hard. He's putting the time. He's respectful. He's talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just – he just gets better and better. And some, sometimes maybe they don't even get better, but they just, you know, they just continue where they're at. But it's that joy that you get from these kids that are just working hard all the time. And um, we had one last year and gosh, the kid is, I, I don't want to say his name, but he was, I love the kid. Like he showed up every day. Like he, he would be, you know, next to last in all the running drills and all of our plyometrics and things like that. But he never complained. He always worked hard. He always right. showed up and he yep. just, he just had fun. And that for him was like the greatest joy in seeing, like, you know, we do, he'd lose a one-on-one battle and he'd be like, Oh, and he'd be just, you know, he'd be like, he wanted to win and he had the effort. But for me, like I would, I would give anything to coach that kid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, give me, give me a hundred of those kids. But so, I mean, I, I just think it's so important, you know, re- again, regardless of your skill level, if you can get a kid to relate hard work to success, yep. you know, not only is that going to you know help him in his hockey career, but that's going to help him in the rest of his life. You know, yep. I mean, let, let's be honest, there's what, 600, 600 players in the NHL, right? You know, so yeah. let, let's, let's prepare ourselves for the rest of our life. And if hockey's a part of it, fantastic. But if you can teach a kid at a young age to, to relate hard work to success, uh, you're setting them up for something bigger than life. And, yep. and again, you know, people talk about, well, why do you pay so much money for travel hockey? Well, it's, you know, it's more than the hockey there, you know, you're, you're learning life lessons, you're facing adversity along the way. Right. So that's where, that's where the game is bigger than the game. You know, if, if you, if you Absolutely. come at it with the right attitude and, you know, in an open mind, you're going to take away bigger life lessons. So, Absolutely. Um, and I just think it's so important to instill in kids. Cause I, I think there, I think that's getting lost to a certain degree. It's, you know, a lost start. Um, so if you can, if we can help those kids learn how to work hard, they're going to set themselves up for success. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, I guess that's, it's one of the joys and the most rewarding part about coaching, right? Seeing those kids 
15 years from then and then seeing what kind of adults they they exactly, turned into. exactly exactly right. um yeah. you know little th little things uh, you know that that team i mentioned earlier um yeah. you know one of the kids you know the last kid on the team you know almost didn't make it and then you know a few years a few years down the road he's his uh you know class president senior year at high school you know <laughs> and it's just it's little things like that you know where it's you know, I like to think that he, he learned, you know, learned some things, gained some confidence and, and yep. then put that and applied this to the rest of his life, which is, which is what it's all about. Yeah. And uh, through your hockey camps, I'm sure you do a lot of mentoring to other coaches that work for you and things like that. And uh, that being said, what are some of the successful traits that you've seen coaches have um, that help out other coaches? I mean, number one, you know, not having an ego. Yeah, uh, and, and we all struggle with it. You know, I struggled with it as a as a young coach. Um, and we all have our have our moments, but yeah. when you can set your ego aside and and genuinely, you know, want to want to help another coach, um, yeah. you know, because a lot, you know, if you help a coach get better and he's working with you, now that helps you get better, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's almost selfish. If I if I make my assistant coach, you know, if I help him get better and he's yeah. helped me, well, it's symbiotic, right? We're we're, we're working mm -hmm. together, so. That's the thing is, you know, it's a small community, it, you know, it's growing, it's a small yep. community, but, you know, you might as well, you know, build, build bridges and, you know, and, and build relationships um, and, ju and just try to grow the game. So, you know, I, it's funny, I, it, it took a while for me to realize that I you know, had mentored some younger coaches. I, yep. It wasn't like, I'm, oh, I'm mentoring this kid, but, you know, they're, help, they're helping me run my camps and seeing what I do. Um, and to have some people, you know, after the fact say, hey, thank you so much for, for helping me and showing me this. That was, uh, that was interesting because I, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. But yep. you know, if you if you treat people the right way and, you know, don't don't hoard knowledge. Right. We're, I'm not trying to if I have a drill, I'm going to show it to you. Right. It's not it's not my drill. I, I got it from somebody else anyway. I, you know, I didn't invent a figure eight. Right. So um, it, it's just about sharing, sharing the knowledge and helping the, and the game grow. Um, and then we'll all be better for it. It's you know, this. There's no point isolating yourself and you know being being an individual. It's it's a team game. You know the the world's a, a, a team game, so we might as well might as well get along. Yeah. One of the great things, and you, you talked about sharing drills. One of, one of the like the biggest compliments I think you know as a coach you can get is I love it when someone's like, "Hey, I I, I used your drill at practice," and, and I'm always like, "Great!" But the best compliment is I used your practice your drill that I saw from you, but I added this to it. And right. You're like, that's what I'm talking about, man. Exactly, exactly. Because that's when the game grows, right? Now yes. you're combining two ideas and making a better one, you know? And that's, no, that's exactly right. And then, they're, you know, again, my, my coaching buddies are, you know, my, my best friends in, yep. in the whole world. That's it. I mean, you know, we're at the rink every day. But when, when we sit down after practice and all of a sudden we're talking about a drill and then you get the napkins going, you get the salt shakers moving around the table, and, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what did we just come up with, you know? So, and that's fun. That's where the creativity uh, in coaching, you know, is is really fun. It keeps the mind right. Because, you know, we talk about drills getting stale. Yep. You know, if you do the same drill every week, um, you know, are they going to get better at the drill? Sure. But, you know, again, you're hindering creativity and, um, you know, and, and maybe get the kids might get bored. Right. So mm -hmm. and I'll get bored. I, you know, I my attention spans only so long. So I, I got to make sure I, I, you know, I'm we're mixing it up and, you know, not getting ridiculous out there. There's got to be some consistency. And, you know, because right. you don't want to waste time explaining the drills. But but you want to build and you want to grow and, and you want to be able to look back at the end of the year and say, hey, look where we started, what we were doing at the beginning of the year and look what we're doing now, um, you know, and help the kids understand that, you know, that's that's progress. And if you're like me, you're probably one of these people that right now, one of the hardest parts that I'm having is, is, is 
coming to your, you know, like your office or wherever you guys, the locker room after a practice. Because some people think they don't realize, but us, us as coaches, when we run camps, one of the best parts of the day is, is like the, it can be five minutes or it can be three hours uh, after after a camp day where you just, you're just sitting around. Like we sit around my office and we just talk. Yeah, and exactly. Like it's so fun because it's 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 a time when we're sharing ideas of what worked or we didn't. Like I love coming back and my instructors are like, "What were you thinking with this drill?" And I'm like, "Right." I, you know, I just went with it. I, it sounded good. And they're like, right. It, no. sounded, it sounded good. You know, and, and it's yeah. funny how, you know, some, some drills are going to work great with one group of kids yep. and not work with the other one. And you gotta, you gotta be able to adjust. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that's one of the, one of the most fun parts, like you said, is, is afterwards. I mean, just again, especially in these day and age, I miss that interaction. Yes. My goodness. So, man, what I love to spend 30 minutes after practice in the locker room right now, you know, but yeah, yeah but having that dialogue and, uh, you know, maybe giving each other a little crap along the way, but, uh, you know, but again, lear learning from what we've just done and trying to better ourselves. Um, you know, yeah. So I, I totally agree with you on that one. That's the other thing too. I missed, I miss sitting in the locker room and hearing the kids after, you know, like after a game or a drill, like, and then kind of like, and that's, it, some people don't think about how influential a locker room is after a game to a kid learning. Right. You, when you hear kids talk about like, even after practice, talk about a drill you did, and like I, I don't mind it when when the kids are like, "What? Like that drill was like, impossible. Why are you trying to have us do it?" And then you're just like, "Well, why? Like, why was it impossible? Tell me." Right. Like, and then the kid in his head, he's like going through his head about why he didn't like the drill and what. Then I'm always like, "Then what would you do?" Yeah. Like, like how are you going to improve the drill? And then you see the wheels start turning, right? And then then the kids start asking, "Well, why do why did we have that turn in? I don't understand why that transition was there." And then, no, it's, totally. It's, it's, yeah. and it's fun. It's fun when they're interested in it because if yes. they're asking questions, it means they're interested. If they're, if they're just, uh, whatever, you know, brushing it off, then, then you haven't done your job. Right. So yep. even if, you know, even if they, yeah, if they don't understand and they're willing to ask the question, then that's what you want. Right. Yep. So, um, and yeah, and if they challenge you and now you have to ex find a new way to explain it, then yep. you grow as a coach. Right. Yep. So, um, cause you know, everybody's different. Some people are visual, some people auditory, right. Mm -hmm. Some people you need to ho hold the board vertical, some people horizontal, right. So, um, you know, there's finding ways to explain yourself, yep. um, and to make kids understand and to understand why and not just what, uh, because I mean, that's one of the first things I learned when I had my own kids was that what doesn't really matter. Why is always the first question, yeah. right? So, so if you can help them understand why, um, then you're really doing your job because then again, then you're talking concept and not talking mm -hmm. drill. And that's yeah. when it really starts to show up in the games. Um, and, and that is one of my favorite things is when a kid turns around on the bench and says, we just did that in practice last week. I'm like, I, I know <laughs> that's, this is why, this is why. We yeah. Did that. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's uh, Jim. Uh, my last guest on, on Monday, Jim Stanway, he had, uh, he had mentioned something like that. He's like, we're all, t he said, we're all coaching and teaching the same exact thing. Right. The only difference is how we're like how we're getting it to the kids, right? And right. the good coaches are the ones that are able to accurately give that to the kids, the information, break it down to them, and and so they relate to it better, right? So exactly, exactly. That's, and that's the and that's that's where it gets tough because again, it, it, you got fifteen kids on your team, it might take fifteen different explanations. So there's yeah. a, I've been there before. Yeah, you're trying to figure out how to connect with some and not the others. So, and then you have the parents who think their kids learn a certain way, and you're like. Yeah, I don't are you sure exactly, yeah, like, exactly. um but a few last questions here is um for a hockey parent out there who's maybe looking to get their kid to the next level and by next level i mean might be um you know make it make the triple a team or make an acha right. team or make an ncaa team what advice do you have for those parents 
be patient. Yeah. Um, you know, just stay. If, if you're trying to force it now, it, you know, it's it's not. It's just it's a tough thing to do sometimes. So you you, you got to expose yourself to, to coaches as well. And mm-hmm. like I said, there's so there's so few AAA teams out here that. Oh, well, it looks like we had another. We'll get them back on just in a second here. Um, give me one second here. He's going to be logging back on. Apologize. We'll ask that question again and come right back at you. So hopefully he's going to be logging on here back here again so we will just wait it out so hoping to hear back from him on the uh times a 12 and 30 or the the last couple questions here so we will hear back from him in a second when he logs back in Oh, here he comes. He's going to be logging back in in a second. <laughs> Give me one second. All right, we're back again. So Perfect. <laughs> so uh, you, were, you were saying about your advice to parents is being patient. Be patient. I mean, it is a marathon, right? Yes. It is a marathon. You know, I, you know, the NHL gets is getting younger and younger, but I've never seen a 12-year-old play except for an intermission, you know? Yes. So just, just be patient, um, you know, and – you know, surround yourself with, with good coaches would be mm-hmm. the, you know, and it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell. You got guys who will tell you what you want to hear all the time and, you know, find, find the people that are more willing to tell you the truth. Um, even if you don't want to hear it sometimes, but, uh, you know, p- patience, be, it is a marathon. It's a long way to go from the time you're six years old, you know, I- until you're getting into a teenager. Right. So be, be patient, um, you know, and try not to do everything for them. Right. Coaches mm-hmm. don't want to find the kid whose parent does everything for him. They want to find, you know, players who are turned into young men and women who are responsible individuals can think for themselves, take care of themselves. If there's an issue, they can come to the coach themselves. Um, you know, we just want we want respectable. Ooh, keep cutting out there. <clears throat> we'll let them log back in again. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Fun stuff. Nope. We're, we're back. Hold on. We're back again. What's so funny is I've been I've been doing my Zoom lessons like six, seven hours a day and have no issues. So of course, of course, when I do this, I do right. So it's gotta be my it's gotta be my system's fault. I, and I apologize. But we got oh, one no last question for you. Hopefully, yeah. we should get through it. Fingers crossed. I think so. Um, if you could go back in time and give a twelve or thirteen year old you one piece of advice, what would it be? Work out, take, <laughs> become an athlete, go to the gym, right? Yes. Uh, do the things you don't want to do. Do the hard work. No pain, yep. no gain. Those are the things that I definitely did not do. Mm-hmm. Definitely did not. Um, and, you know, you, you, you don't see a lot of uh, people out of shape playing at high levels, right? Yeah. Um, so, so do the best because at the end of the day, we're athletes that play hockey. Yep. So do the stuff you don't want to do. Go run up a hill, right? Go pick up some weights. Do your sit-ups. Do the cardio. Um, put the work in uh, to become a better athlete because uh, you're, you're not going to make it far in this game otherwise. Um, and that's, you know, when you get to that 12, 13-year-old age, that's when it really starts to matter, right? So 
um, you know, it's about transitioning from being a, you know, a, a young boy or girl into a, you know, into a, to a man or a woman. And yep. you, you got to be the, the best athlete you can be. And you're not going to do that by sitting around. Right. You know, as much as I love doing my stick handling videos and, and stick handling, doing my lessons, that alone isn't enough. Right. Yep. You've got to become the best athlete you can be. Yep. It's funny because you brought the, the your two last answers there were, were, were spot on because you're talking about being patient. Right. Yeah, working out because that's 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 the biggest part of of kids that are you know that make it is the fact that they have that burning desire to be better the entire mm -hmm. time. It doesn't, oh man. Well, I'll just say it. They have that burning desire to be good all the time. It's not just part of the time. It's all the time, and it's it doesn't. Um, it. Uh, I know what I was saying was was is that that patience is good. Um, you know, it goes from when they're four and that same burning desires there all the way to when they're, you know, 25, when their when their career ends. And, right. and that's, and that's a brilliant point that you brought up. It's, you gotta have the patience, A, and then B, you gotta work out and you gotta work out during the right times. You can't be lifting right. weights when you're seven, like, no. yeah. but you exactly. gotta have that desire to work out by yourself when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yep. And, and you've got to enjoy it. Right. Oh, you do. I mean, that's, exactly. Yeah, that's that's where, you know, if you're having fun working hard, you don't realize you're working hard. Right. So yep. being able to program your brain to enjoy that, to enjoy that is huge. And uh, I, I was never able to do that. So, yeah, <laughs> that, and that's, so if you can prioritize that you're going to be better off. Yeah. And that's one of the things I found is with successful athletes, not just in hockey, but um, all over is that a lot of the athletes who are successful are able to um, enjoy working out by themselves. They're able to go out there and, uh, you know, go down to the basement and shoot the hundred pucks. They're able to, um, a lot of these athletes are able to, they're, they're, they're able to, um, what's the word for it? These athletes are able to work out by themselves and truly enjoy it. So yep. I, I love your last two points there. And, um, I love how they kind of fed into each other as well. So seriously. Yeah, no, that, that, that worked well. Yeah. So, um, well, that's all I have today. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and, um, you know, I really do appreciate, it. I love getting the info from like how it is out in California. Cause like we don't have much interaction, you know, like we, you know, it's, it's kind of like we hear about California and we hear about how big it is and how everything's oh, yeah. happening, but you know, we don't have a face to it. You know, it's just, you're going to, you're going to start hearing a lot more and more about it as, uh, as the time goes, you, you can, uh, you can, you know, bet your bottom dollar on that one. That's for sure. Oh, I, I look forward to it. I mean, I, I look, I mean, we've, I've always talked about like how fun it'd be to go to California and play games or run camps and things like that. We've always talked about it, like, man, this would be so fun. Like what things like you brought up the whole bonfire on the beach thing. I was like, I don't think he realized he just like slipped that in there to like a little, a little humble oh, yeah. brag to I mean, that's, you know, that's just a part of the culture out here, right? So, I know. Uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing that, you're crazy. I know that's, that's nuts. Um, that's, that's, that's just part of it. And that's, uh, I think that's what it is, but, um, I, we keep losing them here, but, um, I think that's all we have for today. Um, I just wanted to say thanks again to Nick. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been a great interview that he's had. Um, yeah, so I was saying thanks for, Thanks for coming on. Um, keep losing here, but that was a great. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, just a reminder to everybody that we have Charlie Duplot from Excel Hockey Development. He's coming on Friday. We had Coach Jim Stanway on Monday. Uh, your uh, this interview here will be ready to go right right when we're finished here as well. Um, so check that out. And uh, do you have any last little bits of advice or anything to say to anyone out there? No, just uh, you know, stay safe and yep. you know, can't wait to see you guys on the ice. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, um, thanks again. Um, Nick, awesome job. I really appreciate you. it. Uh, you guys stay safe out there. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Yeah.